He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. 
So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Good morning, everyone. It's a great day in the Lord, and this is a great place to be. Welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship. I'm Pastor Doug, and we're going to have a great time in the Lord this morning. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful that you have called us to yourself. Lord, we have an open invitation to come before your throne. And we give you thanks and praise for this awesome, incredible time that we have with you this morning. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord Amen. together. Let's stand together.
future, but we keep the focus on how good God is, and we can taste how he is, and we can say that he is good, amen? Come on, let's sing this together.
and just worship him.
Every 
appreciate you so much who you are you're our father God the creator of all things hallelujah we direct our praise to you Lord Jesus thank you Lord for being in our midst hallelujah and Lord we thank you that you speak to us. made for I am with you says the Lord I am 
leading and guiding and directing you. If you were to walk through a fire, you'll not be burned. If the waters were to increase in size, they would not overwhelm you. You are my child, and I will keep you in the secret place under my shadow right next to me. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Glory to God. Hallelujah. wanted to say something about uh, when God takes you through the fire and through the storm, which funny that that would be the word, because when we were singing the song, um, you know, if God is rescuing you through fire, you should keep moving, right? <laughs> which means you should listen to what he's saying and just get out of the fire. In the natural, that's kind of what happens, right? Sometimes you have to be carried because you might have inhaled a smoke or something and you pass out or whatever. But what the enemy does, he wants to delay you from getting out of the fire. Mm -hmm. So what he does is brings back whatever habits you have or whatever insecurities you may have had concerning your relationship with God. So you would stop and ask God why he's doing that for you. Or, I don't deserve this, God. Why are you doing this for me? And the God has to answer you before you keep taking another step. You won't go with him unless he tells you why. He <laughs> and if he says, because I love you, sometimes that's not good enough. <laughs> but when God reveals these things to us, it's a revelation. So that means the devil just got whooped on that area in your life. So if you have that issue, resolve it. Let him take you through the fire. Then you can ask all the questions you want. <laughs> but while you're in the process, just go with what he says. <laughs> so he can get you to safety. Amen. 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 Well, how many appreciate the fact that Jesus gave us authority to speak his word? Amen. And the first line is, our God's a consuming fire. He's a good fire. <laughs> he consumes the enemy for us. <laughs> And we uh, emphasize a subject every quarter. Amen. And uh, we're, we're emphasizing the fire and power of God. So Amen. I want to invite you to join us as we make our confession of faith together. Our, our God, God is, is a consuming, consuming fire. fire. He, he upholds, upholds his word and we worship him alone. The fire of God is his glory that is holy and pure. We respect, honor, and reverence his holy fire. God's fire sets our heart ablaze with a love, with a love that glows, a faith that ignites, and a devotion that consumes. We hate sin with a fierceness that burns, and we rejoice in God with radiating joy. The fire of the Lord will guide us through darkness and cause us to triumph over our enemies. God comes with fire to comfort, encourage, and empower us, and to execute judgment on our foes. 
there is a fire that has been ignited within. It burns in our hearts and our bones. We are his flames of fire. We will not let his holy flame go out. But we will, will keep, keep our lamps full of oil to burn bright for him. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. And I wanted to uh, read something um, before we pray for our jar here. And this is in uh, Jeremiah chapter 1. And um, we need some Jeremiah's today. And uh, the word of the Lord, this is Jeremiah 1, verse 4. It says, Now the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God's known you for a long time. And I proved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I consecrated you to myself as my own. I'm reading from the Amplified. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. We need some prophets to nations. Amen. Amen. And uh, then he said, uh, then I said, our Lord God, behold, I'm, I do not know how to speak for I am only a young man. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm only a young man because everywhere I send you, you shall go. and Whatever I command you, you shall speak. Jeremiah just got a swift kick in the cans. All right. And he said that Verse 8, do not be afraid of them uh, or their hostile faces. <laughs> that always cracks me up. For I am with you always to protect you and deliver, says the Lord. The Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, now this is the part that we need to have today. Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. We need some people who have God's words in their mouth. Right? And then he says, see, I have appointed you, in verse 10, this day over the nations and over kingdoms, nations, natural, kingdoms, spiritual, to uproot and break down. We need some people to uproot and break down some things. There's some things that need to be uprooted and broken down in our world today, right? To destroy and overthrow and to build up and plant. So, Father... We pray for the nations today. And we thank you, Lord, that you are raising up prophets who have been anointed and appointed and chosen by you with your words in their mouths, who are fearless, who will go and speak the word. And, Lord, they will uproot and tear down. They will uh, destroy and overflow, or overthrow, and they will build and plant in the name of Jesus. Things that need to be overthrown will be overthrown in the name of Jesus. Things that need to be built up will be built up in the name of Jesus. Lord, it's by your word. 
It's by the prophetic utterance. And we give you thanks and praise. Send prophets to Afghanistan. Send prophets to the nations, Lord. You said that we could pray for the nations for our inheritance. And Lord, we call the nations as our inheritance in the name of Jesus. And for this nation, Father, the United States of America, Lord, we give you thanks and praise that your will is being done, not the devil's will or not man's will, in Jesus' name. Amen. And we are collecting names. If you know anybody that needs to be born again, uh, you can put their name in the jar. I just want you to stretch forth your hands. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise that you have great patience for the precious fruit of the earth. And you sent your son, Jesus. And anybody who, could, who wants to believe in him uh, will not perish but have everlasting life. And we thank you, Lord, that these people in this jar... Lord, you are sending laborers to them. You're opening their eyes, and they're coming to the knowledge of the truth. We plead the blood of Jesus over them, Father, that you cleanse them, cleanse their consciences from dead works in the name of Jesus. And we give you thanks and praise that their names will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen Amen and Amen. Good morning and God bless you. Good to see each one of you here. Today is the last Sunday of August. Everybody's gearing up for school in one way or another. Next Sunday is September 5th. Andrew and Ann Taylor will be our guest speakers. They have been here before, so you might remember them or they might be new to you. They have several ministries, Bible schools, orphanages in the Asia-Pacific area. So invite a friend or co-worker, family member, and come and hear what the Lord's doing in their lives in that area of the world. And then Sunday, September 19th, we will be celebrating 19 years that Pastor Doug and Pastor Fiona have faithfully been... Here I go, Josiah! (laughs) I heard you, so I wondered why I cry. Well, some people's um, um, tears are attached to their heart. <laughs> and that's, I think, why the Lord says uh, he gathers our tears, because <laughs> they're precious to him. Sometimes I don't know why I cry. Sometimes I cry when I'm happy. Sometimes I cry when I um, am just moved upon by the Spirit of the Lord. But I'm grateful, and I'm crying because I'm grateful for Pastor Doug and Pastor Fiona, which includes Josiah and Gabriel as part of their family ministering here in this area so faithfully. So Sunday, September 19th, we will be celebrating 19 years. So that makes it easy to remember. 19 and 19. So come on out and let's celebrate together. You have the opportunity to share your testimonies of how the Lord has used the Victory Christian Fellowship and the pastors in your life. And let's just fill up the atmosphere with testifying of God's goodness and faithfulness in our lives. And then, this week, Tuesday is Air Force at 6 o'clock. We love Air Force. Air Force is, is our youth. And Nelson started calling them our warriors. And One thing I know about Nelson, when he says something, he is prophesying. So our youth are warriors, 
And the Lord has been meeting us in mighty ways every time we meet. And you are welcome to ask them about it because they have not only a testimony to share with you, but they have something to impart to you. So go ahead and talk to them about what the Lord's doing at Air Force in their lives. And then Wednesday night refreshings at 6.30 this week. And the Lord meets with us every time we're here, Sundays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. They had an awesome Barnabas last Saturday. I believe Woven's coming up on a third Friday in September, so put that on your calendar because we took the summer off this year, which has been a blessing of rest for us. But get ready for the third Friday of September. I don't know the date, but the third Friday we will be having Woven again. That's for our women and young ladies. God bless you. And also, uh, our students are going back to school. Amen? We're excited about that, and we're excited about the opportunities that we have to reach into our local schools here. Father, we give you thanks and praise for every student that is going back to school, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you send them into their schools as a firebrand. Lord, as, as a representative of the kingdom of God. And Lord, I pray that you would protect all the students and our schools. And Father, that we pray that our schools are opening up more and more for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we give you thanks and praise, Father, that our students will learn the truth and they will uh, learn the right things and not the wrong things, Father. And we pray that any plan of the enemy to try to uh, instill lies or deception into the students, Lord. We pray that that would just fall to the ground and be dismantled by your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that you give every student that's in school this year a great year of success, a great year of blessing, and a great year of hearing you and discovering who they are in Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to read a, a scripture to you from Second uh, Chronicles 29. Second Chronicles 29. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It talks about when Hezekiah became a king. Starting with verse 1, it says, Hezekiah became king when he was 25 years old. And he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. He did right in the sight of the Lord, in accordance with everything that David, his father, had done. In the first year, I'm going to say his first year. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. And he brought in the priests and the Levites and he gathered them into the square on the east. And he said to them, Levites, listen to me now. Consecrate yourselves. And consecrate the house of the Lord, the God of your fathers, 
and get the filth out of the holy place. And I just wanted to point out to you that his first act as king was to get worship restored, was to focus on God's house. Amen. He was putting God first. Amen. And we should put God first too, right? We should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then everything else God will take care of. How many believe that? Amen. When you put God first, so we can put God first today in our giving. And if you're watching online, you can certainly give. You can mail it in or do it online uh, through our website at vcfpa.org. And, uh, but get your seeds in the ground. Amen. Because uh, with no seed, there's no harvest. And Lord, I just give you thanks and praise for every giver. I call them blessed of you, empowered by you, protected by you. And Lord, I thank you that you are multiplying their seed sown and increasing the fruits of their righteousness in the name of Jesus. You can give any time during the service uh, there or here or anywhere. God bless you. Amen. All right. Well, we so appreciate our teachers who teach our kids, kids living in faith every day. How many know it's good to learn the Bible as a kid? Amen. Hallelujah. And we're so grateful. So kids, we're going to dismiss you now to your class. Hope you have a good class. Hope you have fun. Hope you have a good time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, how many love the Lord this morning? He is worthy. Amen. Well, this morning... We're going to have a little training session. And we're going to help you communicate the gospel to others. Did you know that all of us are in a family business? We have been called to a family business called the kingdom of God. And our father has owned this business for centuries. For millennial, right? And he always, always wanted his children to share in his business. Amen? And his business is people. And uh, every Christian, you don't have to be a minister, you don't have to be an evangelist, a pastor, a prophet, or an apostle. You could just be a a Christ follower. Every Christian, say that's me, should be a witness for Jesus. Right? Every one of us has been touched by the gospel, haven't we? I mean, you're here today as a result of the gospel. Right? And we have an obligation to be able to share what God has done for us, with others. Amen? So I want to help you today to be a witness for Jesus and to share the gospel and reach out to people. Amen? We have got to be, we've got to be God-oriented, yes, but we've got to be people-oriented too. What is the, what is the greatest commandment in the Bible? God summed all the commandments into two. I think that's amazing in itself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and love your neighbor. That's not just the person that lives next to you. 
That is anyone that you come in contact with. Everybody's our neighbor. Love your neighbor how? As yourself. So we got to love God and we got to love people. Amen? The great evangelist D.L. Moody said this. I don't know anything that would wake up Chicago better than every man and woman here who loves him to begin to talk about him to their friends and just tell them what he's done for you. You have, you have, you, you have got a circle of friends. Go and tell them of him. That's D.L. Moody. And then Winky Prattney, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he said, every day you are witnessing. What are you witnessing to? You, you, your witness is the total package of your attitudes, character, and actions. It does not lie. Amen? So I want to help you develop your skill. Amen? We're going to pop the fear balloon, and it's going to dissipate, disappear, right? And we are going to be without excuses for And we ought to be involved in sharing our faith in some way, shape, or fashion. Amen? Go with me to Daniel. The book of Daniel, chapter 12. Did you know that Daniel was in exile? He wasn't even living in his own country because his country was taken over by an invasion and he was exiled to the country that invaded him. And he became a leader in that country. He became a prominent position. He, he served four kings in his lifetime. That's incredible. And in the book of Daniel, chapter 12, verse 3, how many of you want to be a superstar for Jesus? Yes. Right? There, there was a, a, I don't know if you ever watched Saturday Night Live. I haven't watched it in many years, but there used to be a lady on there, and she's like, superstar. <laughs> right? Well, God wants you to be a superstar, and here's how you do it. Right here. Verse 3, Daniel 12. And they that be wise. How many wise people are here? Amen. They shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. How many want to shine like a star? Then you got to be wise. He who wins souls is wise. Right? Here's what the Amplified says. That was King James. Amplified says, those who are spiritually wise will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven. And those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. How many want to shine like the stars? Well, it is our obligation, since we have been made righteous, we ought to share the righteousness that we've received with others. Amen? So, if you want to shine like the stars, win souls. Now, here's the good news. You don't have to convince a person. Your job is not to convince someone why they need Jesus. Your job is simply to tell them. And the Holy Spirit's job is to convince them. And then that takes the pressure off. Right? Go to Proverbs 11.30. Proverbs 11.30. Hallelujah. You know, we got to be concerned about souls. 
Let me just take a little poll. How many of you came here because you just wandered in one day? Okay. Okay. A couple of you. How many of you were invited? All right. A lot more of you. Right? If you were invited, what do you think we need to do to someone else? Let's pass it on. Amen? Let's pass it on. Did you know that the runners in the Olympics, when they open up the Olympics, they don't keep the torch to themselves? You know what they do? They run for a while and they pass it on. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, pass it on. We need to pass on. We need to give people an opportunity to hear what you're hearing, to experience what you're experiencing, to know what you know, to to learn what you have been taught. And in Proverbs 11.30, the Bible says this, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that wins souls is wise. That refers to Daniel. If you're wise, you're a soul winner. Amen? Why should we be concerned about souls? God is. Don't we want to be concerned about what he's concerned about? Don't we want to be interested in what he's interested in? You know, God is interested in people. He, he's, he loves people so much, he made us in his own image and his likeness. That's how much he loves people. Amen? So, God wants us to be a living example of the gospel, right? We, are, we want to be living examples of the gospel, all right? And of righteousness. And we want to be diligent and faithful instruments in the Lord's hand by putting God's word on display. All God wants us to do is put his word on on display. Amen? And he has enabled us to do that. Glory to God. Whether you realize it or not, we witness by how we live, what we say, and what we do. And we either witness for God, for the world, for ourselves, or for the devil. And did you know that in a court of law, a witness testimony is entered into evidence? And that decides the case. You know, your witness, your testimony may determine life or death for somebody. You might be the only Jesus that someone sees or someone encounters. Amen? You know, people complain, I work with a bunch of heathens. God wants you there. Because the only place a light works best is where it's dark. Don't complain that you're there. Find out what God wants to do with you there. Amen? You don't see Jesus saying, oh, I'm having another dinner with the Pharisees. Oh, my goodness. No, he looked forward to the dinner with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Right? Because he changed the atmosphere. You have the power to change an atmosphere. Joseph changed Egypt. How many believers were in Egypt when Joseph was there? But he changed the nation. How did he get there? He got there as a slave. You don't read about Joseph saying, my brother shouldn't have put me in slavery. (laughs) No, he just kept honoring God, honoring God. Potiphar saw the God at work in Joseph's life. Potiphar said, "This, this boy's got something. I'm putting him in charge. And yes, he encountered trouble. 
But he kept serving God. He kept doing it with a smile. Right? And he changed the nation. God used Joseph to save his people. If Joseph wasn't in Egypt, they would have died. They would have been annihilated in the famine. So, stop complaining about where you are and start rejoicing. Because guess what? You go to work with a greater army than, than the devil has. Amen. They that be with you is greater than be with them. Amen? You go, you, you go with God. You go as a majority. It doesn't matter how many people there, you know. Amen? Okay. Jesus told his disciples, he said, I will make you fishers of men. Peter said, well, what bait do we use for that? <laughs> you know, it's, it's a transition. If you fished all your life, now you've got to fish for people. But Peter made the transition. Jesus said, I will make you. Notice, I will make. He didn't expect them to be fishers of men on the first day. But as they heard Jesus teach, as they saw how he ministered, guess what? They became fishers of men. Who took over when Jesus left? They did. Amen? And we're still fishing for men today, except, you know, we got fisher buddies all over the place. Right? Go with me to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. We just got to start talking about Jesus. Has God done something for you? Then just tell someone what he's done. Well, they don't want to listen to me. Just tell them anyway. Amen? Did everybody accept Jesus' teaching? I mean, Jesus was never in a place where he taught and people wanted to kill him. Did, were, were, did that stop him? No, he, there was a lot of people that wanted to kill him, but he just kept on. Amen? Hallelujah. Luke 14 and verse 23. And the Lord said unto the servant, go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Everybody say compel them. Yeah. Invite them. Right? Urge them to come in that my house may be filled. God wants his house filled. Amen. Verse 24, for I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. If someone was invited and they don't show up, they just miss out on a good dinner. Right? Go to the next one. Amen? Glory to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. God's word is going to transform us. Welcome to the family business. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 19 says, For though I be free from all men, yet I have made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more, or that I might win the more. Unto the Jews I became a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without the law. Being not without the law to God, but under the law of Christ, 
that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. This I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be a partaker thereof with you. What is that saying? Just meet people where they are. Amen? And by the way, I'm going to be talking about this all month except for next week because we have a special guest. So if you, we're, going to, we're going to develop this in September. Amen? Hallelujah. We're going to become soul winners. Amen? I mean, God didn't save us so that we could just be a fat sheep. Enjoying the good green pasture. No. We got we to gotta intermingle with the world. And the world needs the gospel more than anything today. Amen. The world needs the gospel. And God needs your voice. Every one of us has been given talents, abilities to be able to share the gospel in some way, shape, or form. Maybe you share it through song. Maybe you share it through art. You know, maybe you share it through cooking. Amen. There's all kinds of ways, all kinds of things that a person can do to share the gospel. Amen. We just got to do it. Glory to God. All right. So here's some tips for you. And then we're going to get into what the gospel is and uh, what Jesus's mission is. Because we have to understand these things so that we can effectively communicate this to others. Amen. So here are just some tips that I've learned over the years. You've got to catch a vision for soul winning. You know, some things are better caught than taught. You can't necessarily teach someone how to have a passion for souls, but when you get around people who have a passion for souls, their passion kind of rubs off on you. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. If we don't have anybody that we know that's passionate for souls, why don't you start a group? Yeah. Why don't you be the first one? Amen? We have to be passionate for souls. Jesus was so passionate for souls that he left heaven. And he became a man. He was the first missionary. Think about that. He knew he was going to leave heaven when God created man. And he was willing to do so. To become man and take away our sins so that we could have a right relationship with God. Amen? So you've got to get a, a vision, right? Get a, you know, passion is infectious. It's contagious. Oh, I'm, I'm going to get some of that passion. Go ahead, get all you can. Passion doesn't hurt. Amen? All right? Then you've got to be committed. You know, it, it does take a commitment to win souls. Jesus said that... Before a, 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 a general goes to war, he's got to count the cost to make sure that he has sufficient enough to finish the job. You've got to be committed. Soul winning is not just something you do on a day. It's who you are. It's a lifestyle. How, we, we interact with people every day. Work, store, home, coffee, whatever. Don't we? Some of those people that we interact with, I bet... There's some of them that aren't saved. And there's some of them that need to know what you know. Just share your experience. Just share how God helped you. Say, soul winning is easy. 
if uneducated fishermen can do it, then we can do it. Amen? Remember they, what they said about Peter and John? These are unlearned, ignorant men, but we know that they've been with Jesus. Listen, if you've been with Jesus, that's all you need to know. Right? Paul said, I, I'm not going to know anything except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's all I need to know. You don't need to know a whole lot. All you need to know is Jesus. Amen? You've got the best helper in the world, the Holy Spirit. He'll actually give you words. He'll give you illustrations. One time we were witnessing. And, uh, you know, back in those days, uh, we would go into uh, places and we'd go door to door. You know, that doesn't really work in today's world because people are crazy. (laughs) You know? And uh, anyway, there was this group... Well, actually, it was just a, a couple people, and they were they were moving, right? They had the stuff in the driveway. They were loading the truck, and, and I just started a conversation with them. I said, hey, are you guys moving? They said, yeah. I said, do you know where you're going? They said, yeah. I said, but if you didn't know where you're going, how are you going to get there? And they said, oh, probably use a map. I said, do you know that God's word is a map? See, I started off in the natural, but I brought it to the Bible. I just started up where they were. But I brought, I brought God into it. And I started talking about how God, God's word is a roadmap to our life. And he has a plan and a purpose for us. And I just got to share with them. Didn't get to pray with them, but I got to share with them. Amen? Do you know in witnessing, some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. But you know what? A plant can't grow unless it has a seed. Someone's got to plant a seed. Amen? You're a seed planter. Johnny Appleseed, you know, just spreading apple seeds all over the place. And when you witness, you got to pray. You know, if we're going to talk to people about God, we ought to talk to God about people. Amen? Prayer is the foundation of every ministry. It has to be rooted and grounded in prayer, intercessory prayer, right? Praying for other people, praying for people who don't know the truth. And we've got to pray. Pray that doors will be open. Pray that uh, you'll be able to speak boldly. Amen. Pray that the word of God will have free course. Come on. Amen. Amen. And then you've got to believe. You've got to do this in faith. Right? Faithfulness produces fruitfulness. Faithfulness produces proof. And you know what? The more you share, the better you get at it. Yeah. It's, like a, it's like a skill that can be developed. But... If it's never been developed, how's it going to grow? Right? Just put yourself out there. Next time you go to a restaurant, you've got a captive audience called the wait person. Right? They come to your table. They're taking care of you. Start a conversation. Just give them little bits and pieces. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to preach an hour sermon. You know, one person said there's a fine line. Between a long, good sermon, a long, drawn-out sermon, and a hostage situation. <laughs> One person said, the best sermon is a yes and a, uh, amen with the uh, ending in the beginning. Or I messed that up anyway. And then when you witness, you've got to aim for excellence because, you know, you, you represent the king. Amen? Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. These are just little tips 
Hallelujah. I haven't even gotten to the main message yet. Look at verse uh, verse 11. First, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 11. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. And if I have the opportunity to give them an, op- give them an option to go somewhere else, then I ought to take that option. Amen? We have nothing to be ashamed about. All right? But we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest to your consciences. All right? And then we have to exercise patience. Because how many know, sometimes we don't get the message the first time. Why do we expect everyone to get the message the first time? Amen? You got to have patience. Right? Which is a fruit of the Spirit, by the way. Okay? Look at James chapter 5. Go over to James chapter 5. And I want you to look at verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren... Unto the coming of the Lord. Well, that, that puts a hindrance on rapture practice. Rapture practice. <laughs> right? Have you ever heard Christians say, oh, Lord, get me out of here? No, be patient for the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience. For Everybody say long patience. Until he receives the early and the latter rain. Be you also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draws near. How patient has God been with us? Come on. Some of us, he's been waiting a long time. Right? Did he ever get upset? And when we came in, did he said, well, it's about time. No, God didn't do that. He never said better late than never. He didn't even say that to the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross is dying. He's bleeding. He's, he's breathing his last breath. And he, he honors God. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. He, Jesus didn't say, I've waited for you for a long time. Amen. God is glad whenever you come in. But my point is he has great patience for the precious fruit of the earth. The people of the earth are his precious fruit. And Zechariah 10.1 tells us to pray for the early and the latter rain. That's representative of the Holy Ghost. We need need some water to, to rush in. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So God, so what is the purpose of Jesus' ministry? Let me just give you some things about what motivated Jesus to come for you. Amen? Go to Matthew chapter 18, verse 11. Matthew 18, verse 11. You love Jesus today? 
We sang about him, amen? Well, do you realize doing his work is part of showing that we love him? If you're going to love him, you've got to love his work. Matthew 18 and verse 11, it says, For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. Jesus came to save that which was lost, not to leave it in a lost state. Why are we in such a mess? God sent Jesus to get you out of the mess. You don't have to put up with the mess. You don't have to celebrate the mess. You can get out of the mess. Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. Right? Why? Because we were like sheep and all of us had gone astray. Well, I didn't go astray. Yeah, when, when Adam sinned, we all went astray. We were all born into sin. Right? We were under sin's bondage, under sin's dominion, until we met Jesus. Once we met Jesus, we divorced sin, glory to God. Sin and its power was broken off of us, and we became new creatures in Christ Jesus. I am not an old sinner saved by grace. You are not an old sinner saved by grace. You have been made a new creature. You have been given the nature of God. The sin nature has been taken away and nailed to the cross. So, Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. Right? All of us were lost at one time, but now we're not lost anymore. Jesus went to the lost and found and got us. Amen? Hallelujah. He said, that, that girl's mine, that boy's mine, that man's mine, that woman's mine. Right? And he brought us back. Glory to God. All right, let's go to Matthew chapter 20. This is the ministry of Jesus. It's good to understand why he came so that we can tell that to others. Amen? Matthew 20 and verse 25. Why did Jesus come? But Jesus called them unto him and said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are, they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you, for whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister or your servant. And whosoever will be the chief among you, let him be your servant, Verse 28, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. When do you usually pay a ransom? When there's a kidnapping. Kidnappers require a ransom. Satan had us kidnapped before we met Jesus. And Jesus came along and paid a debt that he did not owe to set us free from our kidnapper. And our kidnapper can't get his little grubby hands on us anymore. Jesus came to give his life a ransom for many. He came to die. He came to be a sin bearer. He came to bear our punishment, take away our pain, and by his stripes we are healed. He 
came to do what no one else could do for us. Glory to God. You've been delivered from the kidnapper. And he can't kidnap you again unless you let him out from under your foot. (laughs) Do you realize the only way that Satan can influence you is if you let him? If you agree with him in any way, shape, or form? He can't force his way on you. You could actually tell him to shut up and he can't talk. Let's go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Why did Jesus come? What's this ministry of Jesus all about? Amen? Is this helping you today? You know, it's it's great to come in here and to praise the Lord, but we got to go out there. Amen? We got to be lights. You know, God didn't say light... Let a light shine and then put, put it under a bushel. Right? No, he said, let your light shine before whom? Before men. So that they may see your good works and glorify your God in heaven. Right? John chapter 3, verse 14. Afterward, Jesus... Oh, no. That's 5. <laughs> Here we go. 3.14, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must, must the Son of Man be lifted up. There was no other way. This was, the, this was God's way that had to be done. Some, a spotless lamb had to be offered as a sacrifice for all. That whosoever, how many whosoever's we got in here? Every one of us is a whosoever. Everyone you meet is a whosoever. Horton heard a whosoever. Oh, you're a whosoever? So am I. Let's start a whosoever club. And let's whosoever. That is all inclusive. Whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You got to believe in him to benefit. Verse uh, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did, did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus came to save the world and to prevent us from perishing. Now to perish means to be stripped of honor. It doesn't necessarily mean to die. It means to be stripped of honor. Aren't you glad that we don't have to be stripped of honor because we believe in Jesus? Matter of fact, because we believe in Jesus, he restores our honor. Because he reunites us with the Father. Amen? So Jesus came to die on a cross and to prevent us from perishing. Okay? He came to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to save the world. All right? John chapter 12, John chapter 12, verse 47. I'm excited about this. I didn't get any amens on that. God has called us to reach people. Teenagers need to reach teenagers. Come on. 
Adults need to read adults. You, you, adults can reach kids too, but do you realize every one of us have a sphere of influence? And we have to be concerned about people. There are people around us going to hell, and we have the goods to prevent that. We can give them a free ticket out of hell. Glory to God. So John 12, verse 47, says this, And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came, I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejects me and receives not my words has one that judges him, the word that I have spoken. The same shall judge him in the last day. You know, when people, why do people go to hell? Because they reject Jesus. There's a rejection of truth. There's a rejection. It's not because they're, they're smoking or drinking or, or fornicating or adulterizing or whatever. It's because they rejected Jesus. Now, if someone's doing that habitually, they need to have a come to Jesus meeting. Right? You can't live that lifestyle. But what sends you to hell? Rejecting Jesus. What sends you to heaven? Accepting Jesus Christ as Savior. Amen? So Jesus didn't come to judge. He came to save. Hallelujah. John 10.10. Oh, glory to God. John 10.10. Why do bad things happen to good people? The devil. Why do wars happen? The devil. Sometimes the flesh. Right? Look at what John 10 says. The thief cometh not, but to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. Jesus came to give us abundant life. A rich life. A full life. One that's not dreary. One that's joyful. One that's peaceful. One that's lasting. He is the author of life. He is the giver of life. Jesus came to give us abundant life. The devil came to take away your abundance. To steal, kill, and destroy. Notice, in order to kill and destroy, he's got to steal first. What does he steal? He steals the word from your heart. He steals it from you getting understanding of it. When it's sown, he tries to steal it. Amen? That's what the Bible says. Okay? 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Boy, I tell you what, that place at Victory Christian Fellowship, they got some radical soul winners there. Yeah. Glory to God. They love Jesus and they love people and they're firebrands. I ran into one of those VCS at Walmart and they, they were praying for me and all that stuff. This is, I'm prophesying some reports. Amen. I had some people over for coffee and and cookies and we talked about Jesus and they got saved. Amen. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Ask God to show you how he wants to use you in winning people. 
And God will give you, it's amazing, God will give you ideas. He'll tell you what to do. He'll tell you where to go. He'll tell you who to talk to. He told Philip, go join yourself with that chariot. Right? And, and the, the Ethiopian eunuch, he's reading the scroll of Isaiah and has no clue what he's reading. He says, is this guy talking about, uh, who's this guy talking about? And Philip, he's in the chariot, right? And he starts sharing the gospel from the book of Isaiah, and the eunuch gets saved and baptized, and then the Holy Ghost took Philip somewhere else. But God said, go join this chariot, right? God told him who to talk to, didn't he? All right? First Timothy 1.15. Oh, praise God. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. So this what? This should be accepted by everybody, every believer, right? Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I'm chief. Have you ever thought of yourself as chief sinner? Paul thought of himself as chief sinner. But if a chief sinner can get saved, boy, that's good news for everybody. Amen? Paul was a murderer. Can God save murderers? Absolutely. He did. Amen? Glory to God. He came to save sinners. Do you guys know any sinners? I didn't ask you if you, if you were sinners. I asked you you know sinners. Amen? We know some sinners, don't we? Hallelujah. Well, what are we doing about that? What are we communicating to them? How are we reaching out? Start praying for them. Amen? Okay. What is... Oh, and one final one. <laughs> I'm just going to mention to you, 1 John 3, 8, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Glory to God. He said, I came to destroy the works of the devil. And he did, didn't he? All right. So what is the gospel? Well, we know the gospel is good news, right? Ever say good news? Warren Wiersbe, or no, I'm sorry, Woodrow Kroll said this. Let others report bad news. We'll share, we'll share the good news. Amen? How many has ever been to a restaurant that you really liked and that you were really well taken care of? Did you ever tell anybody about that? You, did you ever say, oh, man, you're talking to your friend. You, you, ought to, you ought to go check this place out. I went there. I had the best food. I had the greatest service. How many ever done that? That's all we need to do with Jesus. We serve a good God. He is good to us. We have such a great experience with him. He is so kind to us. He is so loving to us. you got to meet my God. i got to tell you about my God. He is so good to me. If we can do that about a restaurant, we certainly ought to be able to do that about the gospel. Yes. Amen. Amen? Yes. Glory to God. The gospel is God's message of love wrapped up in his son Jesus. Woo! Do you realize God is just like Hallmark? He cared to send the very best. Right? He wrapped up his love in his word. Jesus is the living word. He is the word made flesh and dwelt among us. There's no other religion that can say that they did that. Amen. The gospel is the good news of the kingdom that brings healing, 
restoration, salvation, and life. Jesus went about Matthew 4, 23. He went about every town and every village preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all their sick. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It's the message of healing, restoration, and life. Glory to God. That's what the gospel is. Amen? The gospel... Oh, let's go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Hallelujah. I'm preaching the gospel today. Amen. Not that I don't preach the gospel, but I'm preaching you the gospel. Amen. We're equipping you today. Listen, sharing the gospel has nothing to do with your age. You could, you could, how many, how many of us can pray? Well, we can start praying for the lost, can't we? That's step number one. Start praying. And then God will open doors of opportunity. Right? And then we can share. We can communicate. Right? We got social media. Or you could write a letter with snail mail and a stamp. Amen? There's all kinds of ways. Sharing the gospel has multiple ways of being communicated. Amen? It's not limited to one way. Now, the message doesn't change, but the way it's distributed does. I like what uh, Toby Mack said one time. He described himself as a missionary to a generation. Toby Mack's a singer. He used to be with uh, DC Talk, but now he went on his own. And uh, if you listen to Christian radio, you probably heard one of his songs. But he considers himself a missionary to a generation. Amen? He's doing that through music. God's got something for you to do, too. Amen? All right, Matthew 11, verse 2. John was in prison. And he was wondering whether or not Jesus was the Messiah. He was having doubts. And verse 2 says, Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ... He sent two of his disciples and said unto him, are you, the, are you he that should come, or do we look for another? I mean, John was Jesus' cousin. John baptized him. John saw the Holy Ghost come on him. But he's been in prison, and he, he's, he's doubting, you know. He's questioning, right? And Jesus answered and said unto them this, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. Everybody say, hear and see. The gospel is both heard and seen. Because the Holy Spirit demonstrates the gospel. Right? The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The dead hear, or the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended of me. Oh, do you know that there are some people that get offended of Jesus? So the gospel is the message of the Messiah that heals blindness, lameness. It cleanses skin disease. It raises the dead. It encourages the poor. And it delivers and cleanses from sin. That is the gospel. And don't be offended by the gospel. The gospel's too bloody. Get over it. Without the blood, we wouldn't be cleansed from sin. 
Jesus told us in Mark 16 to go into all the go preach the gospel to all the world. It's a message for the entire world. It crosses cultural lines, racial lines, nationality lines. Amen. The gospel has been made for every tongue, tribe, nation. Glory to God. It's for the world. Ephesians 2, 8, the gospel cannot be earned. It's a free gift. If you could earn it, you would be able to boast. Look at what I did. Look at what I did. But we can't earn it. We certainly didn't deserve it, but God gave it to us. Say the gospel is a gift. It's a free gift. You didn't pay for it, but you got it. Amen? You opened up the package. Oh, you gave me eternal life. Thank you. I've always wanted this. This is the best gift ever. It's the gift that keeps on giving. One size fits all. Guaranteed to last. <laughs> Amen? The gospel, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of the gospel is eternal life. If you want to work for sin, you get paid in death. Oh, I've earned 10 deaths today. The wages of sin is what? Death. That's Bible. New Testament. Amen? The gospel is God's remarkable, everlasting gift of grace to believers. It's the greatest gift to the world was Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave. Amen? The gospel was written that you might believe in Jesus and have life in his name. That's John 20, verse 30. The gospel is the power of God and the salvation. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to them that believe. In order to reap the benefits of the gospel, you've got to believe it. In order to believe it, you've got to hear it. In order to hear it, someone's got to tell it to you. Why don't angels preach the gospel? Because God wants his children to preach the gospel. Angels never preach the gospel. They, they would lead people to, to hear the gospel, right? When an angel told Cornelius, you need to go find Peter. Right? Why didn't the angel tell Cornelius the gospel? Because that's not his job. His job was to connect him with someone who, who knew the gospel. Amen? That's a privilege. God chose us to share the gospel. Glory to God. We got to get excited about this. Amen? We are beneficiaries of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we have an obligation to share it with others. However, whenever, you know, amen, God will help you. Glory to God. Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 17, preaching the gospel is a sacred stewardship. It's a sacred... Paul did not choose... He was chosen to preach the gospel, and he accepted God's choice. And Paul got to the point, he said, woe to me if I preach not the gospel. He considered it so important, he dedicated his life to it. Amen, so have I. I'm preaching the gospel. Amen? Glory to God. See, with the word of God, God reached down to us, right? The word is Jesus. With our worship... We reach up to God with fellowship. We reach in to each other, but with witnessing, we reach out. Right? With the word, God reached down. 
With worship, we reach up. With fellowship, we reach in. And with witnessing, we reach out. A minister used to say, soap's no good in a box. You got to get it out of the box to clean the clothes, right? We cannot confine the gospel to this box. But the gospel was made for out there. And in here, it's made for both places, amen? But this is where we learn about the gospel. This is where we uh, benefit from the gospel so that we can take it out there. When you come to church on a Sunday, hopefully you're equipped. Hopefully you're touched. Hopefully God moves on you to help you with what's going on out there. Amen? Why do we need salvation? Have you ever thought about that? Because of sin, sin separates, enslaves, kills, and destroys. We need salvation because of sin. Sin was a disease that infected this earth and brought death and sickness and destruction with it. Amen? So go with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Hallelujah. Are you doing okay? And you know, as a pastor, the Lord tells me to do the work of an evangelist. Right? Hallelujah. Romans 5, verse 6. When we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. How do we become ungodly? Sin separated us from God. It separated us from the life of God. All right? Look at verse 8. But God commends his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were in a helpless state, we couldn't do anything to fix the problem. God sent his son for us as a savior. Glory to God. How many are thankful for Jesus? We couldn't do anything to help the situation. That's, that's the condition where God sent his son. He sent his son to a group of people who couldn't help themselves. Amen. That's awesome. That is awesome mercy. Hallelujah. All right. Verse 12. Oh. No, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 for just a minute. We're going to come back to Romans 5. But Ephesians chapter 2. Go there for just a minute. Listen to what this says. And you hath he quickened, that means to make alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Sin is death, right? When we were, we were born into this world in sin, therefore we were spiritually dead and we needed to have a resurrection. Okay? Wherein... Verse 2, in times past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. So 
sin is disobedience. Okay, verse 3, among whom also we had our conversation in time past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Our sin nature made us, made God's, made us, uh, made, made God's wrath on us. Okay? Everybody see that? All right. But God, oh, you got to shout over verse 4. Who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. He, that means the, the nature that brought wrath was replaced with the nature that brought life. Glory to God. We ought to praise God for our new nature. Thank God for a new nature. We have the nature of God. We have, you, you are the righteousness of God. You're not being made righteous. You are the righteousness of God. But you are exercising holiness. Righteousness is a position. Holiness is a process. Because God said, be holy for I'm holy. Right? So that's a process. But we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you become righteous. You have a righteous nature. You are in right standing with God. You are justified. You are just like Jesus. All right. Let's go back to Romans 5. Adam brought destruction. Jesus brought salvation. Hallelujah. All right, Romans 5. I'm almost done. Verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, but sin not imputed is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned, after the similitude of Adam's transgression. So Adam's transgression infected us all. Okay? And um, who is the figure of him that was... But... Not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more. Oh, come on. Everybody shout, give God a shout of much more. Much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. Thank God the gift canceled the transgression. Notice it was a gift. A gift is not earned. A gift is received or rejected. But God's gift canceled the curse glory to god hallelujah sin separated us from god but god through christ reconciled us to god 
We were separated, but now we have been reconciled. How do you reconcile it? You make sure the books all line up. Jesus put his plus sign on our books. And that's what reconciled us. Amen? No longer are we separated from God. We have access into God's presence. We can go before the throne of grace and talk with the Almighty. You can talk with your Father God. Every believer, every child of God has an open invitation to come before that throne and and talk with him. You can sit on his lap. You can sit on his lap and say, hey, Daddy. And he'll say, hey, son, hey, daughter, whoever you are, amen. We can cry, Abba, Father, why? Because his spirit has been put in us. The spirit of adoption, not of separation. Glory to God. Christ's blood justified and exonerated us from the penalty of sin and wiped all the ill effects out of it. Glory to God. Christ sees you as his child. All right, verse 15. Oh, no, I already read that. Let's go to verse 17. And if by one's offense death reigned by one, much more. Don't you see everything that Jesus did is much more. Glory to God. Much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. God called us to reign in life, not be ruled by life. He called us to reign. We're supposed to reign as kings and priests. We're supposed to use the authority of his name. We're supposed to speak the word. We're supposed to stand up and be counted. We're supposed to lift our voice and and declare what's right according to his word. We're supposed to reign in life. God called us to reign in life. And the gift that he gave us in salvation enables us to reign in life. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. Amen? So how do we receive salvation? You believe in who Jesus is. He is the son of God. He died on a cross for our sins. And you confess him as Lord. You call upon him. God made it so easy to accept Jesus Christ. Why? Because he wants everybody to accept him. So he didn't make it complicated. He made it easy. You could accept him as a child. You could accept him as an adult. Amen. Hallelujah. God made it easy. Why? He wants everybody in. He wants everybody in. Glory to God. And this is how you witness God gave us power to witness. He said, you shall receive power. See, witnessing is about using the power of God to communicate his love. Amen. You know how God loves you. You know what he's done for you. You know how he's helped you. You know how he's blessed you. Share that with someone else. Amen. If you encounter a sick person, you've got hands with power to lay hands on them. The Bible says they shall recover. Everybody hold up your hands. Say, these are holy hands. These are God's hands because I have his nature. I'm his child. I have his power. I have his authority. I use it in his name. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. These are all tools to help you witness. If you're, if you're witnessing and, you, and someone says, I'm not feeling well, you know how many times at the bank, when I worked as a banker, and people would tell me that we're sick, I'd say, could I pray for you? And we would go in the back, I'd, I'd make it a short, quick prayer, because, I mean, you're at work, you're not, there, you're not paid to pray, right? But you, you can take a minute, do what you got to do, lay hands, and then God will do the rest. That's all God needs. I prayed for mechanics when I worked at Freightliner. Amen? I prayed for them, and some people made fun of me. When I worked at a car dealership, you know, by the way, I've had 35 jobs since I was 16. One day I was sitting at the table with Gabriel, and he was asking me all the places that I worked, and I kept thinking, this, this, yeah, 36, 35, 36 jobs. Except for being a pastor, I've been there for 19 years. That's the longest place I've ever been. Amen. Must be my calling. <laughs> Amen. It took me 35 times to find my calling, but I found it, praise God. <laughs> Glory to God, there's hope for you. Amen. Don't quit. God, just, just keep on. Amen. Glory to God. Yeah. Take the opportunity when someone shares a problem that they're going through or that they're dealing with or that they're facing, pray with them. Just say, just ask them, say, can I pray with you? And if they say, yeah, yeah, you go to it right there. And like I said, if you need to make it quick, just make it quick. You know, sometimes when Peter was sinking in the water, you know what his prayer was? Help. That's a quick prayer. But guess what? He got his prayer answered, didn't he? Your prayers don't have to be long because you've got the power in you. You've got the power of the Holy Ghost. You've got the power of God. You've got the power of a risen Savior. You've got the power of Jesus inside of you. Hallelujah. You are equipped for this. You can do this. Hallelujah. We have got to reach out to people. This world has infected with fake news. It's about time they get infected with some good news. Amen. Good news will do you better than the fake news. Glory to God. You have a story to tell. Like I said, I'm a, this, is just, this is just the first one. We, we got the whole month. I got this. Woo, glory to God. Amen? By the time October comes, we're going to be revved up witnessing machines. Glory to God. We're going to be a, a spiritual combine going out into the fields and getting the grain in. We're going to be bringing in sheaves like bundles with joy on our face. I heard a testimony. I'm going to finish with this. Of a person by the name of Matt Gober. He's in heaven now. And he started a ministry called Canaan Land Ministries in Alabama. And he helps prisoners get reacclimated to society. His son runs it now. And uh, he was preaching at a church in Tennessee where... Fiona and I were attending, and we heard this message. And um, he was uh, a Green Beret soldier who went to Vietnam, came back, and he was pretty messed up. He said himself that sometimes his friends would have to lock him in a barn for three days until he calmed down. And one time he was arrested. It took 20 police officers to, to handcuff him. Okay? And he was living in an apartment. He had, you know, this big beard. He would let critters live in his beard to, to get the, the remains of jelly donuts that he ate. That's what he said. And there was this black lady who was passing out tracks in the apartment complex. And um, she knocked on his door. He opened it, and she was passing out tracks. He punched her in the face. 
The tracks, she, she, she went backwards. Tracks went flying. One made it under his door. That night, God began to deal with him, and he read that track. And after reading that track, he gave his heart to Jesus. Now, he still looked rough because he didn't know any better, and he was... He found this country church, you know, the old white frame uh, building. And um, he began to witness to people. And he would call the pastor. He'd say, can you open the church? I got one for you, pastor. And uh, the pastor would come and open the church. He did that so much that the pastor said, look, you, I'm going to give you your own key. Because <laughs> he'd be calling the pastor at midnight saying, I got another one, pastor. Right? And uh, one of the uh, deacons of that church, on one Sunday, he stood up with tears in his eyes and he repented because he said, in 20 years, our church has never had this influx of new people, but you've been, brought, you've been bringing them in, right? And um, when he tells his testimony, I mean, tears just stream from his eyes. And one day he was helping a lady, he was... Uh, at a grocery store and this old lady was struggling with her bags and, and he went to help her, but he realized, but she still looked rough, right? And she kind of had this look of horror on her face. And he, he, he realized after looking, seeing his reflection, you know, then he got himself cleaned up. But as he tells this story, I mean, tears just flow from his eyes. He became an avid soul winner. Amen. And I just want to encourage you you can do this. Amen. This is important. This is for such a time as this. Amen. And we, we can start praying for people. God will give you ideas. There's ways that you can reach out. Amen. And we're going to sharpen our skills. Everybody stand to your feet, please. I have an idea I want to share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. While pastors, when pastors are preaching, this idea came to me. <clears throat> so you can, you know, do whatever whatever sphere you're in and what you're good at doing. So one of the things I'm going to do is do uh, Facebook videos, live Facebook videos. And I made a list of 10 different groups. And so the idea is whatever your experience in life is as a Christian, you can speak to that group of people and share the gospel with them on that at that subject level. So, for example, for preachers' kids, I'm going to do a video for preachers' kids about the gospel. Could you believe that? Preachers' kids need to hear the gospel because yes. they get hard to it because they grew up in it, and so it, became, it becomes this like um, formality. It doesn't become a relationship with God. So, I'm going to yeah. do one on that um, for professionals because people who are business people professionals, you know, they think they've got it all together, but they're dying inside, but there's nobody for them to talk to. So we'll do a video on that, you know, for moms and wives, for family members. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know what that is. For children, but all these are areas of my life yes. that I have some part in. So uh, I will That's speak good. to them and then it becomes shareable. Yes. So people who have people like that in their life or they've met, 
they can share that what I just said specifically to that group of people. Yes. Right. Um, and you know, <laughs> the other thing is the Lord, the gospel, I don't know what happened there. The gospel is binary. Yes. You know, the whole term today, I'm non-binary or whatever mm. the gender thing. Binary is digital. It's what the digital uh, signals are today. So it's either a zero or a one. It's just two choices. That's what binary means. So the binary subject today is you're either male or female. So what everybody is advocating is you can't tell me I'm just male or female. I could be whatever I want to be. Well, but if you put the word binary in the in a you you know in a Facebook post, somebody's going to be interested. In what is she talking? Well, the gospel is binary. It's yes or no. Yes, amen. Yes, you go to heaven. Amen. No, you go to hell. So if somebody thinks in that way, you know, if somebody thinks digitally, like which most of the young generation that is into technology would understand what I'm saying, then that message will they will understand it, right? So whatever your profession is, what I'm saying, or whatever your life experience is, what I would recommend is that you draft a salvation approach to that group of people. Yes. And you can write it out so you can give it to somebody that you meet that's in that field. You could video it if you're up for that. You could speak it into an audio thing and share it, whatever it is. But my point is, I think what will help us share the gospel more directly is if we choose subject matters to share with. That's If you're a farmer, write it up for, I mean, there's so much in the Bible about farming. Yes. If you're a cook, if whatever it is you do, just, and even your life experience, you're a child, you're a parent, you're a husband, you're a wife. Your brother, you're a sister, you work somewhere, whatever it is. So, Amen. That's awesome. Well, let's just pray as we close our service today. Father, Thank you, Jesus. we give you thanks and praise that you are reviving yes, and refreshing Lord. our commitment, yes. Lord, to represent your kingdom. Lord, we are ambassadors. You've given us the ministry of reconciliation, yes, Lord. Jesus. And we're going to re- represent you well, Thank Father, you, in however... Uh, open a platform that you give us Lord and we give you thanks and praise for the strength power and ability of your Holy Spirit to make us witnesses and to help us reach out people to people in Jesus name everybody said Amen. amen God bless you have a wonderful day